0: church and other drugs my name is jed
1: Sup, fuckheads
0: okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome to church and other drugs
0: your name is john you you're I'm having john. a bit mid- so tell me about this midlife crisis you're having you,
1: uh, John has <laughs> mostly i'm doing whatever i want so that's kind of why did you the decide beginning, middle and end
0: why did you decide to dye your hair blue
1: it's just a little blue, but that's because I can, okay. I think now there, I, there hasn't been many times I've always had to like when I was building my career, et cetera, I'd always had to like impress somebody and now I just don't, you know, so yeah. that's pretty sweet. There
0: is a freedom in that. Like I, I really, yeah. I really, yeah, I miss, my, you know what I, I mean? I miss my emo hair, dude. Like I want to grow it long and dye it black and. <laughs> You could do that. I could probably, but I get, I already get enough looks from parents. I get, I don't really care, but, and I, I do like, I guess I don't really care. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: What's going on in your life? Where, you know, what are you doing? um,
1: Uh, I'm, well, I've been surfing a lot. It just got cold, so that's kind of stopped. Um, I just bought a new skateboard and they opened a (laughs) new skate park here. So that's pretty sweet.
0: (laughs) Tell me again how you're not having a midlife
1: crisis. (laughs) I kind of am, dude. Like, I kind of am. Um, And it's, again, it's like... I'm exploring these areas of my life that I neglected when I was going to school full time and working full time and like trying to build this life. And now we're here, and I don't have to really like prove anything or do a whole lot more. You know it's what I mean? It's
0: interesting. I'm. It's funny because I'm living that life in reverse. Like, so now, now I'm entering the professional. Well.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Not I, even to that extent though. It's not even it's not like I'm still just, able to
1: Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're still able to have cool hair and tattoos and shit. Yeah. Here's the thing is like it's because so you just picked up what? 4 years? Yes, sir. Which is congrats, Boy, Thanks, dude. Um Yeah, I got sober in that and then that happened. So you're like right there. You know what I mean? You're like in it you got sober and then you're like, oh shit, I have to like feed myself and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's part of life. Yeah.
0: Part of life. So, I mean, are you enjoying it?
1: Yeah, I am. I Although I have a hard time with balance and so shocker, right? So um, I'm having to now kind of swing the pendulum back and be like, okay, I can't be just surfing like all the time
0: you know yeah, i can
1: be like doing that sort of thing all the time so
0: so so you literally can just like do whatever you want whatever you want you're not
1: beholden to anyone and you're just living the great life uh to an extent yeah i mean i still have to like produce results for my clients and stuff but pretty much and i can do that whenever i want so yeah if the surf's up i've been in the water i'll say that i'm in the water if the surf is rideable i've been surfing it so there's you know that's been pretty sweet
0: so are we moving to canada or canadia have you heard the
1: news with i'm the sure weeds, you've heard the, the tweeds
0: news. with the tweeds
1: for that wacky weed
0: yep and they like sold out apparently
1: <laughs> i did see that that's yeah. incredible a props sold out They're like we're out the whole country. I the whole country exactly. is out. <laughs> I got to re-up with my plug. Exactly. Like Canada said, <laughs> "Justin
0: Trudeau's like, hold up, fam, I'm right around the corner. <laughs> I'm coming. I'll be there in five.
1: I, I got to run by the plug real fast. Yeah. All right. Is- um. Nah. Yeah. You know what's so funny, dude, is that I've been seeing all this weed stuff, and I have to like say and tell myself, I've re- there's been times when I'm like, holy shit, I would love to smoke that weed. Really. Delicious and nutritious, you know. <laughs> I loved weed so much.
0: Well, you better. I mean, it, now is a good a time as ever to galvanize, embrace yourself, because like it's coming. It's a matter of oh, time. Oh, I
1: know. It's good. I mean, it, you know, it's just gonna. I think that there's probably more of it now because it's in the n- news cycle, um, and after a while, it'll just become like advertise like beer advertisements. It'll just be noise. Yeah. You
0: know. I don't know how much. Um, I think it was a legit news source, but talking about how like Marlboro and other companies are like getting ready to, to hop
1: on it. Get down on it. Um, I did hear that Coca-Cola is about to make a, a weed. Soda, I saw that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty only, sweet. Yeah. It's a, it's a serious, it's a matter of time. So if it becomes legal, John uh, sparks up a doobie. Do you change your sobriety date?
1: Yeah, that's the only thing that's stopping me from smoking weed. <laughs> is,
0: do you think you could ever, is there ever, is there, do you think you could rationalize to yourself doing that and and still claiming sobriety? A lot of people no. do. Could could John?
1: No, I, no. I'd have to get really sick. I'd have to get really spiritually sick for to be able to rationalize that to myself. Hmm. The where on that right now, I would not, I could not, no. But you know our brains, dude. Like, yeah, you we rationalize the craziest shit. Yeah. So of course I could get to a place where I could, but you know, if I'm well, mentally stable and some semblance of sane, I don't think that that's happening.
0: Well, and every time that, so I have it happened with with Chris from from Dopey, and every time, uh, and it, it's happened to someone else recently. But every time I'll, I'll talk to someone and I'll and. We'll kind of be discussing how, like, oh, there's different paths of sobriety. You know, you know, you know look, look at it this way. And God won't, you know, it's, it doesn't have to necessarily be this big relapse. It was just a sin. You can be forgiven. Just all these different things. And I'll start to buy into that. And then I will just fucking sit back and watch what happens. And I'm like, oh, nope. Turns out it's just addiction. You were just yeah. rationalizing. And exactly. now you're on the way. You know what I'm saying? Your it's whole like,
1: life is burned down, and or you're you've died. So yeah, so it's it, yeah. it keeps <laughs>
0: keeps yeah, happening.
1: Bro. It's all cop out bullshit, you know.
0: Well, but uh, but oh my
1: god, it's so convincing sometimes. Of course, but I played that game, dude. When I, I was too. drinking and using, I played the oh, I'm just gonna smoke weed. It's just a herb. It's totally fine. Like it's not like crack it'll be totally cool this time you know and I did that over like up at least a hundred times I was just gonna smoke weed for a while and that lasted like a day and a half yeah. you know there's no way I just I've proven myself I've proven it to myself that that just doesn't work for me yeah but I will say like I have met there's those rare people newcomers earmuffs there's those <laughs> rare people that can do that I'm yeah. just not I've just proven to myself I'm not one of them you know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway,
0: once again, and I, and I'm back on the. I just got back from my psychiatrist, and I'm you know back on the whole trying to balance my mental illness and all that, and it's just so aggravating. It's like once again, I just paid eighty nine dollars and eighty eight cents to to tell a guy what I'm gonna do. Like, <laughs> dude, th- this, th- this 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 part really really bug me. So, I'm on a medication called Trintellix and I was adding Wellbutrin back onto it. This might sound mm-hmm. boring, but it's important. So, on the internet, I've seen all over the place how there's a there's a drug interaction between the two and the Wellbutrin causes the blood levels of Trintellix to increase by 50%. So, if I start Does taking Wellbutrin, you
1: get a 50% larger boner?
0: Yes. Yes, okay. which so which, which brings up. it to like you know thirty seven I mean? feet,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
0: so it makes my ten milligrams of Trentalix seem like twenty. Um,
1: oh, Shiza, okay,
0: right? Which is fine. You just got to be careful. So you just got
1: to dust back dust back the Trentalix or whatever. You right,
0: right, 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 right. So I'm sitting there talking to the dude, and and I'm telling him I'm on the lowest dose of And He's like, Well, how about we just you know up your Wellbutrin to three hundred? I'm like, Well, yeah. See, the thing is though, like. Isn't there like a drug interaction between Wellbutrin and Trintelix? And he's like, oh, hold on a second. And this motherfucker. Googled it. Yes. He got on his phone. <laughs> he got on his phone, bro. And just uh, and just looked it up. And he goes,
1: you know what? You're right. It sure does. And I was like. Oh, my God. He was just going to give you that <sighs> shit. Yeah. They just, they're so willy nilly, dude. I know. They're so willy nilly. And I just saw an article about the FDA's pushing through a new hyper addictive opiate. Too. Ooh,
0: what's it called? I want. <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> oh my God. I need to Google it right ooh, now.
1: Ooh, tell me more. Um, I don't remember, but they're pushing it through. So, but they're going to be safer this time with it. Of course, it. dude. Of course. It's yeah. going to be different this time. They're not going to give kickbacks this time to doctors. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah man, I don't
0: know. I'm going to try it a little longer and see if this works or Right. I, I'm at this point I'm I'm like ready to seek out like one of those one and done like ketamine infusions or something crazy to just like Whoa.
1: Find.
0: I mean not really. I don't know. Honestly, like if this doesn't work like <laughs> I I'm serious. Like under the care of a doctor, like I'd be willing to try that.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, there and Maggie, so throwback to our Maggie episode where she took MDMA to to treat her PTSD. Is like if those drugs are going to work under the care of a physician and psychologist, like okay, yeah, cool. I just can't have it like at my house at my disposal. No, I can't be administering that shit to myself.
0: No. And did you ever see? Um... Neil brennan's stand up the three the Rider of Chappelle show well
1: I don't think so I haven't really been much of a stand-up person i I have to be in a really interesting mood to be like oh want to watch a stand up well this one's pretty interesting because
0: it's 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 a it's like it's a uh, it's more of like a performance art slash stand up it's good. okay it's worth watching it's called three microphones um two anyway, DJs, he about he, i mean two he's, djs
1: and three microphones and two turntables that's right
0: yeah and uh, um but he talks about he even did the ketamine thing he's like yeah it didn't work for me and then he tried some like one of the crazy like you put magnets on your head and it's like using magnetic resonance and there's like what i don't know bro i'm so over it (laughs) i'm so over it i just want something to work because I, i find myself back into that like I just want to when I'm just chilling just feel normal. That's that's all. Is that really so much to ask? I don't think so.
1: I don't think anybody I I think you might be chasing a fantasy though. You think? I don't I mean May- depending hmm. on the day, dude. Like what is normal? I Okay, well then l- let I'm, me like, quiz Unless I'm firing you. on all spiritual cylinders like I have fears and anxieties. Like that's just a human condition. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, huh. but tell me what you define well, normal to me. Okay,
0: well let me well uh, I'll 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 quiz you. Okay, quiz me. So are there times that you are able to well all right. Is it more often than not that you are able to just sit and not be wishing you felt better or analyzing your mood, uh, noticing that you're in a bad mood and being unable to change it?
1: not not very i don't feel that way i don't feel that way super often okay no um i'm not fixated on it if i'm in a bad mood i'm in a bad mood and i'm like fuck i'm in a bad mood and and i will try to do things to not be in a bad mood maybe
0: that's just the maybe that's one of the small differences is that I'm, i'm just so overly aware of it and like Yeah. I just refuse to. I hate sitting in it because I know that there's like another way.
1: You're Like like overly analytical. Yeah, about the whole situation.
0: And I'm not an asshole, like which y- you're just completely fine with being a stone-cold <laughs> asshole. The I
1: get, the less I'm okay with it. But you're right. There yeah. are sometimes I'm like, I'm in a bad mood. Y'all need to just stay away for your own safety. Y'all
0: should, yeah, you should, y'all should. you should read some of the texts I get from John sometimes when I'm like, hey, how you doing? Are things going well? And he'll just text back like, my life is burning to the ground. Not today. Text me
1: tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a... Hey, I'm having a really shitty day. Please don't, inter- you don't want to interact with me today. No,
0: I, I did appreciate it, but, but I was like, yeah. but like I felt it from across the 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 country. Like I felt oh, yeah the heat on my phone. That's just, like, that's
1: because you know me so well. I know. And it's other I, people wouldn't have, other people don't, I don't think, like can feel the seethe. Yeah, I
0: I could literally feel the seethe and it's like
1: <laughs> Oof, dude. Yeah, it dude. Was rough. It's rough. It's oh. rough. It's, yeah.
0: Well, let's uh let's pause We're uh we're talking to old uh Scott Countryman.
1: Should we stop, collaborate and listen? I think we should. I think we should. Too.
0: Scott Countryman. Scott, for the people that don't know who you are, who are you?
2: Uh, I'm Scott Countryman. I guess what am I supposed to say, like I'm an addict and an alcoholic or a junkie? I
0: don't know. You tell me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all of those things. Uh, let's see, 36. I'm a chef. Um, active in the dopey community and this one, kind of. I'm probably that uh, asshole that writes... Mean things on the message boards are your Facebook comments.
0: Yeah, where did mean Scott Countryman come from? It's not mean, dude. It's just more. I guess it's snarky or cynical. It's hardline trolling. I'll call it.
2: Yeah, because like I don't, I don't set out to like be an asshole, but I think a lot of it's just like. And uh, the other thing is, I don't buy into like the whole "woe is me" thing, and. I don't know. I just try to put it like as plainly as I can and also
0: explain that. What do you mean? As far as what the woe is me thing.
2: Oh, like the, oh, I'm addicted and I don't know what to do. And I don't have a choice, you know, X, Y, Z. A a lot of that, a lot of it comes down to, it's like, you know what you have to do. You know what you need to do, but you don't want to do it. Right. Or you're not the consequences haven't been so bad that somebody else is making that choice for you and you, you don't have the strength or whatever to make it for yourself.
0: Right. You think it's like that's all you think people are capable of that though? I mean that just sounds like the the willpower thing. Like just muscle through.
2: Uh in the beginning, no, but like after you've been to several rehabs and done it, you know, you you know the business.
0: Yeah, that I can get down with, for sure.
2: Yeah, and that's that's more so where I'm where I'm coming from. I have a specific example in mind and it doesn't have to do with this, so
0: I mean, what's the example?
2: Uh I can't really talk about it when on, online. Oh, okay, but, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Um so well, and also I wanted to bring up your uh your text the other day because I had like a very similar thing happen like right around the same oh, time.
2: Holy shit, that was fucking amazing! So uh, I was picking up a script at uh CVS, and I'm an idiot. so, a what, Like Xanax, Adderall. Uh, what was it? Um, no, uh, Effixer and I was getting. Oh, you're on I, me,
0: you're on meds too.
2: Yes, I'm a huge proponent of okay, medication. Okay,
0: good. We can talk about that. But all right, yeah. continue with the story first.
2: Uh, so I know the pharmacist ladies, and they all know me and my background or whatever. And uh, the guy, there was an elderly guy like to the left where he was trying to like pick up his prescription in the consultation window. And uh, the lady is on the phone. The pharmacist, he's on the left, and the lady is on the phone trying to call the other CVS to get his medication and she says all right I need she said I have this gentleman here and he has a hundred it was like 190 or some ridiculous number of uh the fentanyl 100 patches the uh micrograms uh transdermal
0: 190
2: it was something ridiculous I'd have to look back at oh the text that, God. I, that I sent you but it was some like astronomical number and uh, I was like, holy shit. And, of course, my mind immediately goes to how much that is worth on the streets. And I saw this guy with a cane, and I was like, shit, I should just follow this dude, beat his ass, and take his stuff. Uh, which is a little scary, because my mind will, despite having some long-term recovery, that it, it will immediately go there.
0: Well, well, no. So, you know what's interesting, though? So, one of the... So there's the theory that all drug addicts have uh, a form of PTSD and one of the hallmarks of PTSD like if you've been assaulted is like hypervigilance and like role playing in your head. So that almost makes sense where it's like you will just your gut reaction is to how you could acquire those drugs. You know what you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's not like it's not a conscious choice. Uh, so,
2: I just I remember the last time that I really got to enjoy the fentanyl, the transdermal patches. was in college. I think I was a junior or a senior, but I remember I was living in my fraternity house in Winthrop and, uh, I'd stolen these martini glasses from, uh, Ruby Tuesdays where I worked. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, so we would squirt a bunch of the gel and cut it with a alcohol and put it in the, uh, martini glass or whatever, and then just draw up shots out of there. And then we had another one that was cocaine because you got to have both together. Of course, I, I, I can't do fentanyl by itself; it's just too powerful. Like the sedation factor is too high, uh, so I like to shoot coke with it. But uh, that was that was probably my last real experience with pharmaceutical fentanyl.
0: Yeah, my so yeah that that above all opiates i think it was just like i only had like enjoyment from it it was like i think i only really came across it maybe like a handful of times but when we first did we we just straight stuck the patch. i mean dude i was like 17 i think and we just stuck the patches on and would just take a hair dryer to them or cut them and then when they were done uh take it off and suck the juice out or stick it on your gums that sort of thing but Oh, I just remember I threw up every hour on the hour for like twelve hours, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever! Yeah. Like, this is the greatest feeling ever." Uh, I used to, I used to
2: buy them from this old fat dude that lived like four doors down from our fraternity house, and I think I met him while I was walking my dog or something. But uh, he was disabled, and I would go over there and buy them. And this one day, I gave him the money, and he was like, "Hey, just get them yourself out of the safe." I'm
0: like, sure. Uh, Yeah, absolutely, sir.
2: Yeah, dude. Don't worry yourself. Don't get up out of your chair. (laughs) So I went over there, and of course I took like five instead of two. Uh, No, and you can't take them all. You know, he's going to know. Right, right. But that's why I can't. It it just blows my mind that that's what, what tolerance has gone to today, like people that are looking for the fentanyl.
0: Right. Well, and like, you know, powdered fentanyl is kind of a different beast than like the trans... I mean, I guess it is. Maybe it's not. But no, so what happened with me was I think it was that same day was Kaylee was telling me a story um, that someone she knew ended up with some fentanyl patches like legally in the prescription and just how sick they got. And my first thought was just like, I don't even want to hear about anyone in my seven degrees of separation that has fentanyl patches, you know? It was just like, ah, uh, At all. At, at all, man. And, no. Yeah,
2: when I have those crazy thoughts, like, I ha- I immediately tell on myself, like, whether it's you or my fiance or fucking sponsor, somebody, like, I'll shoot off a text be like, okay, at least I'm recognizing this unhealthy thought. And, I mean, to make matters worse, like, I'd park my motorcycle like an asshole right in front of the front door. And uh, he was in a handicapped spot, so I looked at him. I was like, man, I should just follow this guy no. wherever, he, wherever he goes. And I was like, you know how easy it would be for me just to follow him and whatever script he goes and while he's getting back into his car, just fucking kick his cane out from under him, take his bag, and go.
0: That Dude, that reminds me. This is probably this is my most shameful, shameful story. But after um, Hurricane Katrina... Uh, in New oh, Orleans geez. Olly olly oxen free was fucking on. <laughs> yeah yeah so after Hurricane Katrina um, All the homeless people In the area had like Government prescriptions to Lortabs And Somas I don't know why I guess it was some kind of weird like We can't we're, you're not going to be able to see The doctor so they had these massive Take home st- scripts and like and I'm talking yeah, about yeah. Every street person I saw Had these scripts and so you could just walk around the quarter and just fill people's scripts, and uh, God, and dude.
2: they sus- they suspended the law to where you could get out of state scripts filled, and right. I mean you could dude, you could it you was were, the wild mo-
0: west yeah back then you could
2: modify you could modify them and those were that was back when uh, green monsters yeah, yeah green monsters were around and those were forty bucks for the you know the old school ones
0: right well well this dude you know the the deal was normally it's like you know. I'll fill the script and we'll split it or whatever, or you'll give me ten or whatever. And like most of them that I filled were able-bodied folks, but this last dude, like he he had like a cast on his leg and he had a cane. And I went in and I filled the prescription, and then I went outside and like I looked at him and I just took <laughs> off running to him like as fast as I could, man. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm I've I had to make living amends for that one. Oh, I didn't even uh, remember that for the longest time. And then like, I think it was when I saw someone on the street, I was like, Oh God, I got to make amends for that. Wait, what was your, you were, you have, what about you and Hurricane Katrina?
2: Oh man, that was.
0: Were you locked up then? No, no. Um,
2: um, Have I never told you that story? I think this is when, all right. So I just, I just graduated. It was, I graduated that May. And then it hit the, what, 29th or 30th of August 29th. of
0: right? Yeah, yeah
2: the tw- 29th. Was it
0: or 06 5
2: Yeah, okay. So I just graduated, and I took that job uh, with an insurance company. and got a huge cash bonus, and uh, I was doing claims adjustments, and I was doing this uh, slabbed-out house and I watched the neighbors down the street unload these Walgreens totes. It was like Walgreens or CVS, like pharmaceutical totes. The big, uh, I think postal services use them a lot too, to keep things in. They have like the plastic things that fold in on each other. And, uh, I was like, Oh, these guys are out of a pharmacy. So no. I, yeah, I finished what I was doing and I went over there to start talking to them and I'm in my whole, you know, little work get up or whatever. And, uh, I said, you know, what's up? I want to do this, that, and started talking to him. Finally, I just went up and asked. I was like, "Look, man, let me buy some. What you guys got going on over here?" And I ended up getting five thousand K eights. And what are K eights
0: for the uninitiated? Oh, uh, dilated hydromorphone. Yeah, Um, five thousand, dude. Good lord! It was in the big.
2: uh, I'd never seen a. Well, they're really small, so like a container of that is just not actually that big. So uh, I got that, and then I brought a gallon of raw promethazine and a gallon of raw codeine, which most people don't know that you have – you can't just take raw codeine. It'll make you sick, so you have to mix those two together in order to make it bioavailable. But Hmm. that – oh, and I got a a 1,000-pack of – they were the fucking 18-gauge, the huge ones, the horse – yeah, like horse needles. So, the of hole course, punchers. My, yeah, of course, my arms immediately got destroyed. But that was that's what sent me on my big run, and that's what actually ended up leading me to the charges that uh, led me to prison. So,
0: right. So, how long did you spend in prison? Four and a half. Four and a half years. Yeah. How uh, much? Some of,
2: some of that was on work release, so I guess it was. Uh, Two and a half, three, in uh, in between Parchman and uh, fuck, uh, Leakesville, um, South Mississippi Correctional Institution, and uh,
0: so you you hear a lot of I've heard a lot of people be like, man, yeah, you know, the prison I went to wasn't so bad, da 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 da, but you know, tell me about the the dirty South, (laughs) the Southern hellhole prisons, um.
2: Parchment Parchment is terrible, man. And if you've ever seen that movie life, it's it's that uh, it's this town in Mississippi called Parchment, Mississippi, and it literally survives on the of the prison. And they used to until like I think the lawsuit was in eighty five or eighty four. Um, They have these huge uh, farms. It was a working farm and they provided all the uh, produce and stuff for all the other prisons and. That some other various manufacturing things. But it was like one of those things where you have to go to work when you wake up in the morning. This is how it was.
0: Uh, like regardless and, of how long you'd been there? Yeah,
2: yeah. And everybody worked, and they had everything set up by camps. So there were these uh, acres and acres of cabins. Each cabin had in between 15 and 30 people in it. And then your cabin uh, was designated by your job or whatever. And so,
0: so, was it really like locked down, or was it more like shotgun fence?
2: No, this is how it was.
0: Oh, uh, so okay.
2: This is a little history lesson, and then I'll tell you oh, Okay, it nice, nice. So, I guess it was 84, 85. They changed... Somebody sued them, and they were like, you know, you can't make me work. So, they changed it to where it was, you can volunteer to work, or whatever, which basically meant if you're white, you're going to work, and... It's just the way it was, man. But there are not a lot of fences in Parchman because no one ever can escape because it's just the town that's there. And there is still uh, a literal gun line uh, that's there. So the majority of people in Parchman do actually work. And it's chain gang. You go out into the fields and you have your job and you do it. You know, you usually either connected to a person with a six or eight foot uh, cord that goes around your waist uh, where you're all linked together or you're in, depending on your custody level, you're with a small group and then they're on horseback with shotguns.
0: Did anybody ever like try to rush the fence?
2: No, it wasn't like that. Like they're only going to let you go out to those jobs. If you're, you know, they trust you and you really know what's going on because the the, the consequences for everybody are so severe, uh, that are out there. But I mean, i worked in the farm. I worked in the fields. I did. What did I do? I used to do the meat processing like chickens and poultry stuff. I did corn, but they go corn. Soybeans are really big up there. Uh, cotton. But it's, it's a huge industry. It's a whole it's a whole town that's that's up there. And that's everything in the town is controlled by that prison.
0: Was it, were the was it like, super cruel? Like, how were you treated? Uh,
2: it's just, it's so depressing, and especially if you're white. Like, if you weren't racist before you went in there, you're going to fucking hate black people when you come out. Because uh, it, it's really all about race and stature and, like, where you're from in Mississippi, and everybody's affiliated, so... It's just, it's a weird social dynamic to where it's like, especially if you're white and somewhat privileged or you have a vocabulary and can read and you're white, it's like all odds are against you and they make it their goal to fuck with you or, you know, ostracize you to say, oh, you know, where's, where's your silver spoon? Where's your daddy or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's pretty shitty and a lot of it had to do with the time period that I was in there and the correctional officers and staff and the other stuff that i was involved in while i was there so what do you mean uh i mean i was affiliated i was in an organization and like if i do something like if i'm gonna be a drug addict i'm gonna be a fucking drug addict if i'm gonna be uh a gang member or whatever then i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna do the best of my ability and so i mean that's what i did
0: any regrets
2: i i have regrets for some of the physical violence stuff that we did and like as far as, you know, going after CO's families and, and stupid stuff like that, that, that we did. But I mean, honestly, it was, it was survival. Like you yeah. gotta, you got you gotta do what you gotta do.
0: So how, but, how did, what was like, I mean, what stands out of some of like the most horrible things either like so, witnessed or,
2: uh, so the biggest game in, that you're internet, able to
0: actually like say that isn't like NC-17.
2: The uh, the biggest thing is uh, the cell phone racket. So you pay the CEO to bring you a cell phone and then you rent that cell phone out for certain periods of time. So I would have a phone and you would pay me $25 a week and then in turn you would get four hours of cell phone time and you had a chart on your bed and you sign up and be like, look, okay, this is my time block, their time block. And you know, you do it accordingly. And you collect the funds through a system called green dot, which is kind
0: of still around, but I really don't think that much. Yeah, It's kind of outdated. That used to be the way we,
2: yeah. Uh, and the deal was, is that, you know, I'm taking all the risk. If the phone, if you get caught with the phone, you know, Oh, well, it's not on you, you know, it's my loss and you go from there. Uh, But we had a cop uh, CEO that was taking our phones and shakedowns and then selling us, selling them back to us. So um, we had to deal with that in a way where we went after her people on the outside, which is probably the most regrettable thing. And it's not like you actually have to do anything, but you just put the threat there. And you right, let them. So like you you the, let them. We, you let them know. It's like you can find out anything on the internet. And it's like, hey, just so you know, we know Allison gets out of school at eight o'clock. She has homeroom
0: here and here. And good grief! And so basically, the implication is that people, people y'all have on the outside will do something. Yeah, but they will. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They will.
2: Yeah, and that—that's that, what. But these people. The CEOs, I mean, you're messing with people's money and people's lives and when you're incarcerated like that, you don't have any forethought into the future. You just know that you need your cell phone and you need that money on your books so you can fucking buy a coffee. But Ugh.
0: what an yeah, awful awful life, dude. Yeah, I mean, what was your so did you have any um any god experiences while you were in there or you went straight I'm going to buy into, I'm in prison. It's me. I got to do what I got to do to survive.
2: Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I did. And like, to hear me say this now, like I'm not a real tough individual or like trying to flex nuts on people and do that stuff. But in that instance, like that was all I was about and I was going to do whatever I could to get over on you.
0: So how is that like held over in civilian life um
2: i tell you that the only time it's ever really or recently that comes to mind we did this haunt, we went to this haunted house oh, not haunted yeah, house. Yeah, so like, yeah
0: yeah yeah tell a haunt, me.
2: yeah a, a haunted uh park trail thing or whatever and i'm like these people are not gonna be able to touch me right and i had to tell my girlfriend i was like they can't touch me right and she's like, no you know they can't touch you or whatever um but there's parts of it like i enjoy being vulnerable as far as like allowing yourself to be scared or whatever but uh this asshole like snuck up behind us and screamed right in uh my girlfriend's face or ear and i was like i had to check that dude and i was like look if you do that again i'm gonna fucking hurt you you know get away but I was kind of caught in between, like, was I out of line or was he out of line? And it was just one of those things where it's like you teeter-totter on the, the edge of making a really bad decision.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had the the ability to pause and, like, state your, state your intentions without – I was worried that it was going to be a reactionary that you just throw a haymaker at the dude.
2: No, but, I mean, then I'm the fucking crazy psycho that – you know, says I'm going to fucking hurt you to the 16-year-old that's getting paid $10 an hour it's to like fucking sorry,
0: work, man. Yeah,
2: work at a haunted house. And then I look like a weirdo, you know, to my I social mean, group of friends. But
0: Is that what happened? Yes, that's like, exactly what happened. Oh, that sucks. Like, did it, like, totally kill the night? And they're like, whoa, dude, don't mess with Scott.
2: No, I mean... It didn't totally kill it, but it's, I mean, it's embarrassing for me. It's certainly embarrassing for my my girl. It's you know, it's not it's not a cool thing, you know. It's yeah. I'm not I'm not proud of of that stuff.
0: Well, I'd say you're on the right track to you know it's, you know
2: that that I do know. I am very yeah. cognizant. You know, I'm cognizant and aware of it. And
0: right, yeah. Which that well and that's why that's what people don't get about like what prison will change you into and why like recidivism can be so high with so many people just reacting in a way that they've been trained to react, you know. Yeah. And then, it's the
2: it's the lack of forethought. Like you only see what is in front of you. You have no no future as far as like seeing how these actions are going to affect me, you know, a week, two days, or whatever from now.
0: Right. So did you, uh, I don't even know if this is a good segue or not, but when did you get on depression meds? So um, you're, well, and just so, how long do you have sober?
2: Uh, what, a little over four or five years almost.
0: Nice. Ah. Uh, you say yeah. that so flippantly. Let's not forget that that is an unmitigated miracle.
2: This is yeah, as far as like intravenous opiates, the longest I've ever gone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what, and
2: it's really that I, I look at it in, in, in different ways. Like I don't I I have empathy now and I think about my actions before I do them. And I really feel like I consider other people's feelings ahead of mine and i don't lie and i try to tell the truth and do the biggest thing for me is like i do what i say i'm gonna do
0: yeah that's huge whether it's
2: like a little thing or a big thing
0: yeah i mean your career's taken off you just got engaged congratulations by the way yeah thank you uh yeah the promises come true man um has medication been part of your sobriety would you say
2: yeah, absolutely. Like I couldn't. I love I love Effexor. I was on Effexor, uh before I went away, and then once I was incarcerated, I was able to get back on it, and then I've, I've been on it ever since. But I take Effexor, and then I take Clonidine at night for sleep.
0: That's the blood pressure one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just a uh, point one milligram, but I ended up taking four of them. So does that work? I, it work. It, it's one of those things where it's kind of like trazodone, where it'll give you like a window. Uh,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like you, You've got thirty minutes to try to go to sleep, and if you overshoot that, you are done. Yeah, and it's this
2: thing. Like I drink a lot of caffeine, uh, oh, you coffee don't or say. whatever. It work. Yeah, yeah, a lot.
0: What? Uh, what's your poison?
2: Uh, usually, it's just coffee, man. Um, I have been. We, we got a new supplier at work to where I can get sugar-free Red Bulls. Uh, for free. So I've been on those.
0: Red Bull but, is so trash, though. As far as like caffeinated beverages go, trash.
2: Yeah, and the the come down is awful. It's but, awful. Like, the only thing I drink, like I don't drink. It's been years since I've had a soda. But like the only thing I drink is water, soda water, and coffee. Like I don't drink anything else. Uh, which has been huge because fucking. Soda is the worst, dude. Like, diet soda, regular soda especially, but, like, that stuff's really bad for you. I think it's well, one of those I've things. Only, like- f- yeah,
0: I've only realized that now at the age I'm at to where, like, I, I'm, I'm finally, like, I feel effects of things that I eat, good or bad. Yeah, exactly. I'd, like, exactly. I'd seriously notice it. But, yeah, I man, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I got back on medicine. I'm unsure. Um, I'm just so... uh fucking tired of of like practicing on myself to try to find like what is gonna work i'm one of those
2: people like i've resigned to that i'm just i've done so much damage to my mind and brain or whatever that i know i'm gonna have to be on something forever
0: and i think that's what i struggle with i and I, I don't care like
2: i'm all fine with being on drugs i mean medication like it does what it's supposed to do you know what i mean and uh, that's why i've really kind of been disgusted with aa and na lately uh maybe it's just in our area uh just people not being accepted uh whether it's medicated assistant treatment or weed or whatever like i don't care i i think recovery you need to be a better person you need to be a productive member of society and you need to you know the, follow these simple steps and whether you can get away with having a beer you know every the, now and then and, or smoke a bowl I don't give a shit you know I I think you should be a better person and don't lie steal and I, use that stuff
0: I on I agree in the partial I think the problem with giving that whole cloth advice is that like if you well I see. I agree with it because everybody that goes in the rooms is not a 10 percenter, like straight junkie, right? Drug addict. Can't do anything. Right. And the problem is those people, which I guess that's on them. And I guess you got to figure it out, but it's it's such a risk reward. Like the risk reward is so heavily in the risk area where it's like, if you, if, if you try it, best case scenario, you got away with drinking a beer. If it doesn't, I mean, worst case scenario, you're dead. Yeah. But, but, it's, but yeah. Yeah. You, and it's, can't, you can't
2: go to these millennials and kids that have been snorting Roxy's when they're 15 and tell them that you can't drink or you can't smoke weed anymore for the rest of your life. Oh like, yeah. Hey, it, you're preaching just, to the
0: choir on that one. That's literally my job.
2: Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't work. So if you present recovery as this, you know, you've got to wear this jacket and you have to, blindly follow these rules you know you're gonna go right back out there it's not you've gotta have some middle ground and the constant thing that everybody says to me is oh you're looking for an easier softer way you are like yes i am because it is so bad everybody is dying like you've got to at least yeah. exp- you've got to at least hit pause in these kids lives enough to where some of the life mistakes and consequences can be corrected, and then you can deal with complete abstinence if you want to.
0: How bad is it in Charleston right
2: now? It, dude. It like I want to fucking cry right now. I've lost so many fucking friends and acquaintances this year that it's it's sickening, dude. You it, you just die like,
0: you, someone in your kitchen, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean we've had. Let's see, the first one was last May with uh Jason and he just OD'd in the bathroom at work God uh right in between shifts uh Alistair was like two months after that and his mom found him he was part of the Oxford he was part of the Oxford house that was down here and I fucking love this kid like first shot at recovery had never gotten clean before you know was a gutter junkie and you know I He got clean. I got him a job in my kitchen. He's doing fucking awesome. Uh, And then, you know, he moves out of the Oxford house, still working. And then he moves back to Florence. And I got him a job at a kitchen in there. And his mom would call me once a month. Or we'd trade texts or whatever on Facebook. And then she calls me and was like, I just found him dead. Jeez. And it's just every... It seems like every three or four months, somebody in my social circle is dead. And that's like, before we we started recording, it's just like, if you're on opiates or you're like playing around with it, it's like, are you're someone that's halfway in recovery or whatever? It's like, I just can't be around you. I can't expose. I have to protect myself because my emotions are so linked to it. And that's like, when Chris, when Chris died, man, that fucking affected me a lot. And I, I I, I talked to those guys like, Every day. And whether it was just like a little flippant text or an online exchange, like Chris was a big part of my sober circle. And the way with technology is now it's like, I don't have to go sit into a meeting. You know what I mean? Like I can have a text conversation with somebody and get a shit ton out of it. And that was what Chris was to me. He was somebody that was on the side that I knew I could text or call when I went through stupid situations Like when I saw that guy at CVS, and right, you know, it was just one of those things. And then we were socially friends too, as far as you know, we had the same interests or whatever. But that shit hurt, man.
0: Yeah, it definitely it woke me up at the time because I was kind of in a weird place too. Of of like, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying because I was kind of in the weird in the place of like, yeah, I mean, you know maybe there are different ways and like, maybe I could eventually do this, that or the other. And then it was just like, Oh no, you can't. That's what happens. Like it yeah. was fucking a very big blind side. Yeah. And I mean, I
2: know like when I had my, I guess it was two years ago that I had the, uh, the surgery and it's like, I, you have to check yourself in and let oh, somebody else.
0: Wait, yeah. What happened there? What do you mean?
2: That was 2016 or whatever. It was like right after I got out and uh, I have Crohn's disease and I had this Mm. nasty and all right. So like I had an abscess that was uh, right on the top of my butt. So it was like a second butthole or whatever. (laughs) Uh, And they have to go in and they lance it. But the wound track, what it creates is something called a fistula, which is like,
0: Oh God.
2: It's a, small opening that goes all the way down into your small intestine where the infection is or whatever. And they have to stick this rubber tube down in there and a draining grenade, uh, that collects it. But it's fucking disgusting. And it's super painful. Like there's a lot of nerve endings by your butthole and ball sack. And, uh, so, I mean, I
0: checked,
2: I checked myself in and just stayed in the hospital and let them control the meds until I was, you know, I was out, but
0: (laughs) That's yeah, so, uh, and even so you made it through without taking pain medication when you got out.
2: Yes, but I was on intravenous allotted the entire time I was in there.
0: How bad did it fuck with you? Um, when oh you, when you got out, that is
2: It wasn't bad when I got out, but I did try to take my pocket knife to get inside the IV thing. Uh, you know, like you have your own pain control thing
0: uh-huh. and,
2: and I sat there and I got it open, but I couldn't get it open or every time I opened it, the alarm would go off. So I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> so ever. You were
0: trying to Jerry rig the happy button.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, not me. the button, not the button. It's not the button itself. You've got to get to the delivery system. So you've got the IV that is connected to that. So you have to get at the IV bag. And my goal was to get to the IV bag and I, did that but every time i opened the little plastic door that housed it the alarm went off so
0: did they keep coming in yes <laughs> what they say are like what are you doing sir
2: yeah i mean stop doing that i was like i'm trying to get this fucking dilaudid out of here what do you think i'm trying to do
0: <laughs> what they
2: like, say they just look at you like you're crazy and that's the other thing it's like
0: oh man
2: i mean maybe it's my personality but i'm very blunt and in your, your face rest, and yeah. yeah yeah i'm just gonna say like this is what it is, and this is what I'm trying to do.
0: That's I just like the the. Oh, that's I wish to bleed. I wish I was a fly on the wall in that situation. What are you doing, sir? I'm trying to get this dilated out. What, the, what does it look like? I'm doing? Yeah. What are,
2: why would you leave me in the room with it?
0: <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Have is there, I told is you there that? not some list that I'm on?
2: Yeah. Did I tell you that story uh, when my dealer met me in the hospital in Mississippi? No. And uh, I put the. Well, I was having surgery on some, I think it was, I've had this same surgery like 14 or 15 times. Uh, It's one of the side effects of my Crohn's, but uh, I had my dealer come meet me up there and I rigged it up to where I could just put my drug inside the uh, IV bag or whatever, like right into the port that was in my arm, but I fell asleep and it got crimped. So instead of going into my bloodstream, it went back up. Into the bag, and it turned the bag. Instead of a clear uh, liquid, it was brownish.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> how'd you explain that one?
2: Uh, they almost arrested me, and they kicked me out uh, very shortly after that. Because oh, they, I mean, they, yeah. they knew you exactly what I was doing, and they could have charged me with it. But I mean, I admitted to it. Like they were like, "What is that?" I was like, "Heroin." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, oh Lord, man. Yeah, my yeah. That my, uh, they, when I, one of my, one of my comas, I don't remember which, but when I I woke up out of it, uh, all I remember was, uh, having the thought, well, see this, this is the thing too, that people like, so every time I've been to the hospital for like an overdose, they give you IV benzos, which immediately turns me into the most drug seeking, monster on earth right does it does it do that to you, do you
2: so you're like, yes it's you're cognizant of it yeah I, no I, in so, retrospect
0: so, i am like i am not in control Just, like straight up because this is what happened is i i woke up i i don't all i remember was thinking i'm in a hospital there's drugs in this hospital let me find some drugs yeah so i i unplugged everything off of me. I was in the ICU, unhooked everything, I'm naked, and I just go wandering, and I guess my rationale was that they would refrigerate uh, opiates, so I was in some refrigerator, uh, and I turn around, and this nurse person's like, what are you doing? And I was in the staff break room in their refrigerator, <laughs> But naked. Yeah, and so, and because they went looking for me, because my, all my machines were just, beep, just flatlining because yeah. i'd unplugged everything and i was just gone so they had to post two police officers next to my bed for that
2: i've had friends like that that we'd have to like search before we went out it was like all right I'm just making sure you don't have any colanopins or anything on you because like <laughs> uh certain people react to that drug differently you know what i mean like xanax or any kind of uh barbiturates. some people get really weird on those things
0: Oh, I get, dude, it was the, uh, it was so, like, I was just so out of it. Like, my poor, like, Miriam, once again, I apologize, but, and it, like, my mom was there, and I just remember just screaming at her. This is, like, day six of me being in the hospital, and she was talking to me about going to rehab, and I'm just screaming at her, like, I don't have a fucking problem, like, laying in the hospital bed, just oh, so no. irate, like, you know, awful, 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 awful. And so, and I and I realized what it was, because the same thing happened, my friend overdosed and was in the ICU, and uh, the same thing, man, he was on, like, the same drugs, and, like, everyone was like, why is he being such an asshole, and, like, he... We called him like trying to call his dealer, and I was like, "Look, y'all, like he's not, he's not driving the ship right now. Like, don't really hold all this against him."
2: Yeah, this is this is not not him. That's no, like one of, man. The, that's one of the things like uh, your parents. You know what I mean? And I still that's that's probably the the biggest thing that still fucks with me is the harm that you do to your parents and stuff. Uh, not only being incarcerated, but like you know the whole aspect of addiction and now it's like my relationship with my parents is decent, but it's always going to be fucked up. You know what I mean? You can't do that kind of harm to somebody and expect it not to be different, you know, it's it's on some level. So I, I know they're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, but you know, now that I got engaged, I've got a decent job and everything, you know, there's putting one, yeah, there's, there's definitely some hope. Uh, and we go out to dinner and sit and eat and, you know, have fun or whatever, but there's still – I think there's always going to be that little barrier there, at least for 10 years or whatever. But it's, it's just sad, man. And my sister works in the field too. Um, she works at the methadone and suboxone clinic uh, down here and, you know, does great work, but it's just like the – fingers are far reach of addiction is incredible yeah i can't imagine what you see every fucking day with little kids man
0: yeah it's tough it's certainly a a whole new a whole new thing man i have to like every day it's me begging god like you know give me grace patience and like wisdom here um, do you get
2: do you get to see like a positive side of it are are, yeah. are, are yeah, they yeah, there yeah. long enough are they there long enough for you to see like a, besides a physical like an emotional change or whatever or are they just too young yeah.
0: to really no of course man they're success stories absolutely I right, just I mean, remember
2: cause... I remember my first rehab and it was one of those jesus rehabs uh that was you know for younger people and I think I was nineteen and like I was the oldest person there and uh just going through that and seeing all the youngsters there like 14 15 years old and it's like how can you be a drug addict when you're this young
0: you haven't some, even some of them absolutely are and some of them aren't and so you know it's it's just a lot of what i do is seed planning a lot of what i do is uh triage and just like stabilization and just like life skills and Getting you to think another way. But I mean, we do have success stories, man. I mean, a lot of them, this is what it took, and they're scared straight and they're good. You know, I mean, you just never, I mean, I always think too, uh, someone's got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, might as well be me. I I can definitely relate to them. I was there when I was 15. So it's for better or worse, I'm definitely called to it. Do you enjoy going to work? Yeah.
2: That's one of the things like, uh i get a lot is like i fucking love my job like i love making food i love being able to go to work and know like what i do has an impact as far as like the decisions or whatever you do you know what i mean yeah I, it's like your life has purpose and i think that's yes the the second biggest part of recovery are
0: just absolutely
2: change, change in general it's like I'm not just washing dishes, or I'm not just like punching a button on a computer. Like I can see the end benefits financially and physically, like in front of my eyes, of the decisions and the work that I do. And yes. if you don't, if you don't have that in recovery, it's like I don't know. You're gonna get bored, and you go back to getting fucked up,
0: dude. That's exactly it. Like it, it's, yeah, purpose is huge, man. That's that was. Uh, one of many things that influenced my decision to do this, but yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and it's like the, even, you know, I could have like two hard weeks and then I'll have like one moment where I'm like, Oh, that's why I do this. Like, this is amazing. Like, so yeah. Yeah.
2: I know the other thing that's helped me a lot is my best friend down here is we started in the Oxford house together And I've gotten to see, like, I haven't gone back out, and he's gone back out, and in and out, in and out, in and out. And to see the pain and the fuck-ups that he's done has been a big benefit, too.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the other thing, too, is it definitely... I mean, that's the whole point of Step 12, working with others. That's the biggest point, is, like, it just completely brings you back to... Oh, I don't want to do that. You know, as much as like I might hate sobriety sometimes, I absolutely don't want to add detox or court cases or probation or, you know what I'm saying? Or like, ugh. yeah. And that's,
2: I think, to kind of change subjects a little bit, it's like I still don't have a respect for rules or authority. And maybe that's, you know, just who I am or whatever. But I think a lot of that goes with addiction. And I was talking to my girlfriend the other day. And we were talking about drugs or something. And uh, she was like, yeah. And it's illegal to possess this drug or whatever. Oh, we were talking about... So we have people at, that come to my job, employees or whatever, that are either high or on some type of substance when they come into work. And I pulled at everybody... a
0: restaurant? Get out of town, we, bro.
2: Yeah. So I pulled everybody together... In my mind, I said, hey, man, if you guys are going to get used drugs or whatever, do a drug that is going to help you. Like, please do cocaine, do Adderall, do meth, do something that is going to help you. You know, if you come in here stoned or you come in here drunk, especially, you know, two hours later, you're going to need to start drinking again. And I'm not going to let you drink while you're working. So do something else. And that was where my mind was going. And, of course, my boss and my girlfriend, like, yeah, but it's illegal and my mind i i don't i just don't have respect for rules which sucks cuz i you know feel like yeah. a shitty i feel like a shitty person
0: uh, i mean you'll develop it over time will i I don't, I don't know sir i mean you do i mean you just don't have respect for a very particular set of rules i mean like I, I don't have time to figure it out but i'm sure i could name rules that you have respect for
2: yeah now i will say i found you know 100 I found a hundred bucks in the parking lot. Uh, This was Tuesday night when I was closing and I picked it up and I brought it into the restaurant and I gave it to the GM and I was like, Hey man, I know a server probably fucking lost this. So if somebody starts complaining like, Oh, I lost some money or whatever. Here's a hundred bucks. I found it and it's not mine. So see. Yeah. Shit like that. Like, and I don't steal and little things like will bother me if I open Finley's mail or if I, Just little things, like I have to do what I say I'm going to do.
0: And I'm very vigilant about that. You're living, honestly. Yeah. But, well, Scott, this has been good, man. Cooking with Scott. Yeah, people, he's been cooking a meal this entire time, and now I am starving. So, Oh, here, I'm going
2: to. What am I doing? Oh, I got sea bass. and
0: Ooh, solid.
2: Asparagus and butternut squash puree. That's what I'm excited about. It's got truffle oil. It's
0: pretty dope. Very, nice. it's very, that, very. It's got that It's got that truffle earthy. butter. Well, no, yeah,
2: you know what truffle butter is, dude. I just uh, yeah, we're it.
0: not gonna go there. <laughs> I just found that shit out. That's well, disgusting, dude. It is disgusting. We're gonna pretend I didn't even say it. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, man. Hit all right, up. buddy. Oh,
1: fresh
0: Is back with a brand new edition.
1: Scotty too hottie.
0: Scotty too hottie. It's gonna be really awkward if he uh, cancels this interview.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you
1: can't
0: cancel that. Yeah. Scotty too hottie. Um Yeah, otherwise things are going, you know, things are going okay. Okay, when, that's good Uh well that's Man Maybe that's well Good Lord, Jed, finish a damn sentence. So <laughs> where are you? I don't know, I'm all over the place. Well, so my prayer life has been shit lately.
1: Oh Lord. Yeah. How's your walk, brother? It's well, you know what you know what I
0: read. How's the other your walk morning?
1: with Jesus?
0: It's I it could always be better and that's the other thing. But you know what <laughs> helped me you know what helped me feel a lot better? So I read this uh my my mom got me this uh C S Lewis, the morning devotional. <laughs> but it's oh, it's, it's really good but
1: is it um what's it called
0: um oof. i'll get the title to you uh exactly. when i leave here like mornings with c.s lewis something like that maybe um it's
1: the most uncreative name ever, i don't but. think it's that <laughs> <laughs> publishers if
0: you're looking for me to name your next book i will uh <laughs> we'll call it painfully obvious book titles um yes oh thank kaylee uh
1: Kaylee for Kaylee, the win! Kaylee just busted in the
0: door with the book, my girl. It is called "A Year with C.S. Lewis: Daily Readings from His Classic Works." So not yeah, that different. weak ass title. Yeah, Pretty yeah, weak. Super
1: weak title. Pretty weak.
0: Um, but it was a really cool. Uh, let me actually just read it.
2: No, Get I'm, not, to I'm, not, I'm, it. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm not gonna find it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was about prayer, and I was like, yeah, da-da-da. But anyway, most of our prayers, if fully analyzed, ask either for a miracle or for events whose foundation will have to have been laid before I was born. Indeed, laid when the universe began. But then to God, though not to me, I and the prayer I make in 1945 were just as much present at the creation of the world as they are now and will be a million
1: years hence Hmm. interesting yeah so was, yeah time happens for god all at once right and i've heard that theory yeah. a lot right so um do you think that god so that's a fascinating point do you think that god because he happens all time is has happened and is happening all at once that we could totally change our reality and like, not know it. What do you remember? Does that make sense? Does that question Uh, make sense at all? Kind of. So like, for instance, if I prayed like, Hey God, I don't want to be, um, you know, a 32 year old white dude, uh, living in South Carolina anymore. I'd really love to be an astronaut from, you know, France, do you think I could, like, all of reality could just change? Could we break, could that happen? No, I don't think so. Because you could change past, present, and future all at the same time.
0: Ooh, and so, like, you're saying, if that would happen, we would just kind of, like, we would just wake up as an astronaut and have no knowledge that we were never not an astronaut. Yeah, right. I don't know, God, I'm going to start... <laughs> You then I then must be. Then I must be doing some really shitty praying. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord, make me a drug addict with crippling depression and whose best friend <laughs> dyes his hair blue at forty-two years old. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no, w- w- that is interesting. What what I got out of it, and it it helps me. It just reassured me of the whole like. I, I, just calm down, dude. Like you're good, like, God is this eternal being, and, like, I don't have much to worry about as far as, like, my salvation and and all that. It's like, he... Oh, it
1: always comes back to salvation. Well,
0: I, I don't mean specifically, like, where I'm going afterwards, but more that, like, that God loves me and there's nothing I can do to sway his... Like blessings on me or
1: whatever. Oh, interesting. I so take that for granted. Yeah, I'm always like, yeah, I'm good, dog. I know. Dude. <laughs> how do I get? How do I
0: get that? That willy nilly? Yeah. Maybe it's because you have. Is it? Do you think having kids influence that?
1: No, no. You've always just been like, I'm straight, <laughs> bro. Who's Not holier than
0: me? Nobody.
1: I just. I fully. I think I drank the golden ticket prayer kool-aid and like that whole thing has just been ingrained in me for so long which i don't think i believe in that that premise that you know once say i don't know if i believed in once saved always saved but i but i did for so long that i was like i'm fucking good dude i said a prayer in seventh grade summer camp we good dog you know so i don't know and i but- I think the God of my experience has shown me so much latitude and grace that it's hard for me to think that that's going to stop.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. And this, this goes back to more quizzing and I already know the answer to this cause you just don't, but I mean, do, how much time do you sit around wondering if you're close to God or not, or why is God not closer?
1: Oh, um, actually that probably, I use it as a barometer I don't wonder why, but I can feel right. Like I can, I can feel presence or closeness to God. And so I use that as a barometer of my spiritual actions. Like where's my head at kind of thing. And I will say that that's almost always on me. Right. Like, Hmm. so, but I don't trip on it. I don't think like you do, you know, I'm like, Oh shit, I haven't been, I don't feel close to God. And then I go through kind of the checklist, like, Oh, I haven't really been meditating or praying or being of service or you know doing the things that I'm like whatever quote unquote supposed to do. I think supposed to is a bad turn of phrase, but just for the sake of conversation, I I'm not doing those things. If I do those things, I'll probably feel closer to God. Um, at the same time, if I am doing all those things, I'm just like meh. Okay, well, I guess I'm not supposed to feel close to God right now, and just keep on keeping on.
0: Dude, bottle and sell that to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I also think that there's sometimes I'm just not that's just God's not a vending machine. Yeah. You know, like I can do these things and be much more and, and be much more likely to feel close to God, but sometimes I do all that stuff and I'm still like n- not feeling it and Yeah. My feelings, I I've come in my in my sobriety, um, I've trained myself and been trained to know that my feelings don't really matter all that much. How I feel about things, um, feelings aren't facts, right? Yep. So that's true, and, and that's just been practiced.
0: How how dare you use my own counseling abilities on me?
1: <laughs> oh.
0: That's what's so, yeah. it, it, and I have to take a step back and, and remember how much, like, how much good I'm actually doing. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, man, the world is so strange. It's, I, it's like I can understand. Yeah, it's strange.
1: I mean, on like a macro level, on a day-to-day basis, you do way more good for other people than I do. I mean, like way more.
0: Well, that's a given. Even, you know, I know. Thank you. Yeah.
1: I mean, but that, but I don't know if that is that like a. I don't know how much that matters. I mean, it does. We're supposed to be doing it, helping others for sure. I think that that's like our call. Um I, I, But
0: and I, I do. I mean, there is. I mean, a a lot of what I do is in in my deepest recesses of my spirit is like I really want to make my my dad proud and like i hope that when i get to the other side you know i'll hear that like thank you for helping my kids sort of thing you know
1: oh <laughs> not mr jeff Got no it. not okay. mr jeff i've already you know, he's, he is very proud of me
0: <laughs> i was going with the uh with the super spiritual dude that prays gotcha. Papa. <laughs> gotcha gotcha
1: understood figuratively uh, speaking yeah um yeah dude i don't know the answer i i'm like i'm really cool with where i'm at though i think that's good
0: yeah i'm ready to come to mexico with you
1: coming to mexico with me dude i am dude next summer that's what we're doing
0: all right at at least for a little bit of it
1: popping off dog uh
0: you know who else is coming to mexico
1: there's this beach i found that's like super close that you can only get to by boat it's like this little beach village Oh, nice. So we'll have to go take a day trip there while you're in Mexico.
0: We're also going to bring Tyler Paulson, Ryan Davis, and Tyler Wicks. Uh, I I think Tyler Paulson is – these are the new Patreons. I think Tyler's been a Patreon. Maybe he just re-upped. I don't know. We got another email, so you get another shout-out. His name was Tyler Paulson.
1: So here's the thing. I was thinking about this yesterday when I was mowing my lawn. Mm Mm-hmm. We have, I don't know, like a thousand listens an episode, something like that, right? Mm-hmm, like a thousand mm-hmm. people tune in to Jed and sometimes John every week to listen. And we have what, like 30, 20 or 30 patrons?
0: Like 32. Yo all
1: motherfuckers is, is stingy.
0: I know. Like,
1: what in the world?
0: And now we're a. Uh... The, y'all the...
1: can't throw us five dollars a month come on y'all i know
0: and, and the the current iteration of of patreon bonus episode is bonus episodes is the raccoon crew which is me tyler and heath dills so
1: uh increíble so like y'all are seriously it's, it's, honestly our best content is on the bonus episodes y'all are missing out that's true it's true. And I get to send you stickers like, everybody's a month been after a, I said I was going to. So. Everybody's
0: super impressed with this run of stickers, too, by the way.
1: Yeah, we come we come with the hot designs, new runs all the time. But you only get those if you're a patron.
0: It's true.
1: So sign up. Patreon. Also, like you get to help Jed's wife's car and stuff from time to time, so that's pretty sweet.
0: It's true. That's yeah for real. Pulled me out of a serious ditch, so thank you. Um...
1: It's only five bucks a month. Sign up for Patreon. Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, you got anything else, buddy? Uh, Nope. Awesome. Patreon
0: All right. Patreon.com, backslash church on other drugs. Send us an email church and other drugs at gmail.com. And that is how the
1: cookie comes.
0: That is how the cookie comes.